everybody. Welcome back to the Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm Libby Ward, back from a little break with all my pals. Welcome back. Thanks. No, that was a question. Welcome back. Oh. Like we had a break. <laughs> like like they've been waiting, like it was a commercial yeah. break. Well, like there was a pause. Holding their breath, everybody... and now they're all dead. Because oh. it's been, been a couple weeks. That, that, that was Libby's first that means time introducing the show, and her last time introducing <laughs> the show. <laughs> that means we killed literally dozens of people. Sorry, I failed everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm Bob Schreiner, and it feels like I never left. Because I'm punching him right now, saying, You talk, you talk. Yeah, I'm not used to that as a this is to what... speak. Normally, I just speak, and then someone does that. <laughs> this, this, I guess the restaurant is closing. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when we deviate from the plan. I know. I gave it a shot. You gave it a shot. It's a fancy new plan. Who the hell are you? No, I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Fisker <laughs> Hubbard. Hope you enjoyed my uh, mini sewed a couple weeks back. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. I did a mini sewed about my trip to Riverside. All, all of those of you that are still alive. Yeah. Uh, I brought my fabulous, hilarious pal, Lizzie Pilcher, on today. Hi, Lizzie. Hi. So we have a Libby and we have a Lizzie. Yes. This is going to cause confusion. Lizzie and Libby of Seattle, Washington. I'm going to call you yes. B and I'm going to call you Z. Boom. Done. Yeah. yeah that, that makes it much more clear. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lizzie just moved down here from Seattle, what, like, seven or eight months ago? Oh, longer than that. Uh, almost two years. Two years Has it really been that long? Holy smokes. You guys should talk more. (laughs) We should. Uh, How good friends are you? What's up with that? Yeah, we've actually well, just married now, <laughs> and I've had a couple kids. Holy smokes. I what? thought it had only been like six or eight weeks. I have your picture. Wait, you had a couple kids. Were you the, the lady with the eight kids? Octomom? Are you Octomom? I am. I am. I actually have babies for Octomom. <laughs> I'm sort she's of farming out now. Yeah, I just, you know, she's her vagina's going to busy these days, so yeah. that's just all me. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a cool gig. Sometimes it's exhausting, you know, but it's just until I make it, you know what I mean? That's what happens. Well, yeah. you got to pay your dues. Yeah, yeah. I thought working for the Octomom was making it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, you've got, you've Making, you've, making babies. You've, you've, hit, you've hit it. You've hit your niche. You know, I haven't been getting as much attention from TMZ as I expected to, yeah. but, you know. She seems like, she, thing. Is she seems like a, like a nice lady. I think I saw her one day in a Range Rover, and I was so angry. I was like, how does a single mom with eight kids and no job have a better car than I do? She's just... all, like, tied onto the top? No. They're, they're I think she just there. leaves them in a box somewhere, like like unwanted like kittens. kittens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Angelina Jolie. <clears throat> What's that? Maybe it was Angelina Jolie. Oh, no. I, they're like twins. Is, is she... If, if Angelina had, like, she had eight smallpox now. or something like that. That's a lot. Oh yeah, Angelina Jolie has her own children as well. Yeah, I know, but not eight, or does she? She's like. Well, let's go many, to the internet. We many, can figure many this out. Many children. I think my alternative to adopting that many children will just be adopting a sister city when I <laughs> right. get to that level of wealth. <laughs> Scope G Macedonia, you are Bob Schreiner's sister city. Uh, that way, it's like adopting three hundred thousand people. <laughs> right, it probably costs you about the same. It's too. a lot of Christmas cards, though. Yeah, I'll just do one. Just steal a billboard. Cool. <laughs> How about Topeka? Like, I feel like Topeka could use some adoption. I'll do a couple. Well, I'll do like a city in a, in a few different continents. Oh. Okay. So with yeah, we should talk about this. Yeah, it's just Topeka's nice. It's quiet, you know. Well, I definitely wouldn't do Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, what about Salinas? Enough Kansas? people love it already. They Actually, my help. you know, Carrie Kruger, who you you met Bob and Libby, you met earlier. I just met. Um, and actually, Libby and Carrie and myself are playing a show at The Smell, uh, or are scheduled to play a show. On uh, June 29th. On June 29th. Something could still go horribly wrong, but as, as of right now, we're all... Let's keep our fingers crossed. As of right now, we all have good intentions of, of, <laughs> of getting up on that stage. Anyway, she's from Lawrence, Kansas, and speaks well of it. 
Nice one. Is it? And, she's, and she has vaguely alluded to a great omen. <laughs> yeah. Something could go wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. So, Lizzie has been in L.A. for two years. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Got to see you did your homework. A few months ago, yeah. I borrowed her picture so I could make lemonade, and in the meantime, she had a bunch of kids and got married, and I missed everything right. that happened in her life. I, I work fast. I work fast. We've got it. You've got to well, jump let me, on. But let, let me like, ask a question really sure. quick. Where did you two first meet? We met in Seattle uh, through some awesome mutual friends. Yes. Weren't you listening at the top of the show? They're from Seattle. I, I, did I, I'm, I'm not sorry, where? How? How? Oh, I see. Through awesome mutual friends. <laughs> awesome mutual friends. Yeah, didn't you hear Gene? I heard. I heard just fine, Brody. And in the Seattle stand up scene, Lizzie's kind of a big deal. That's what she's I hear. She's a really big deal. Ah, oh, well, that's news to me. That's and see, news. I think that's why, well, she's just being modest. I think that's why I thought that she moved here later than she really did because she was already living in LA mm-hmm. and came up to Seattle to just pop in and do some time at the Comedy Underground. Yeah. Is that so the, I was, your home turf, the, the Comedy Underground? Yeah, it's 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 probably one of my, it's probably my favorite, favorite club ever. It's yeah. just so much fun. So much fun. So supportive and I'm a lot of BS and just really great crowds. Unlike everywhere in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Screw you, LA. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you were already living down here. And Correct. you flew up to. Uh, I took the train up. Took the train and up? Yes, the, the coastal starlight. Was there a murder? Is there always a murder on the train? Did you meet a stranger? I, you know, I, I, I wanted to murder somebody on the train. That's I why. Didn't, you know, it was, it was, it was a very interesting. My friend and I rode the train together, and we got, you can. You can, on the Coastal Starlight, you can, well, on a lot of trains, you can um, rent out sleeper cars. Right. And when you get sleeper cars, you get all of your meals for free. Right. But, uh, you, there's limited space in the dining car, so you actually have to sit with strangers if you yep. don't have more than four people or if you're under A million four people. people when you're, yeah. And I... We were sitting having breakfast, and the food's really actually shockingly good on the train. And we're sitting having that's a change. I would expect I'm, it to be oh, it's, fucking excellent. It's <laughs> it, so it, well, it wasn't for, for a very yeah. long time. It was not at all that thing. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of stand-ups going, uh, "What is the deal with train food?" So uh, you know, it must be okay. It must be better than airplane food, at least. Well, well, I'm, I'm talking. Well, this was this the last time I really rode the train regularly was in. The 80s at some point, but come on, Amtrak ride food it. was horrible. Gene. Come on, ride it. Yeah, come on, ride it. Ride the train. And the food was awful. So I imagine it's probably can't be worse. No, they really, they've really gotten on their game with it. You mm. know, I, th- there's a cafe that's just like microwave stuff, but right. there's they, they really try to make you feel like you're in an Anne Rand novel when you're <laughs> when you're when you're riding the train. So surrounded by assholes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're just like wondering um, how it's going to be written into a Rush song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm the, I'm so I think, I'm glad that you brought up Rush because I feel like I'm the only person that still listens to Rush like. Everybody else is working at a gas station or something. As far as, as far as I know, it's just a synonym for uh, you know doing something quickly, right? Rush. Rush. Yes. <laughs> no, Rush is one of our greatest broadcasters. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Excellence in broadcasting. It says it right there on the mic. E I B. But um, were you born and raised in Seattle? No, I grew up in Colorado. Okay. Yeah, and I lived in Seattle for ten years and I moved down here afterwards. Now I don't even know because we're newish friends. Of course we're best friends, but you know we're newish best friends. We're Facebook friends. We're Facebook that counts. that that counts for everything. Uh, yeah. I changed I changed my status to in a in a BFF with Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I think so. I that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what brought you to Seattle or whether you started doing stand up in Colorado. I did not start start doing stand up in Colorado. I started in Seattle. Um, my intention to move. I, I wanted to get out of Colorado because I was bored. Because who doesn't? What yeah. town? Uh, Denver, sort of a suburb of Denver. Okay. Um, I was going to school and I decided that I just was didn't want to go there anymore. So I decided that I was going to go to Seattle. I knew one person and I was going to go to the UW and I couldn't get in the UW uh, because of various reasons. 
And so I just decided, like, well, I'm not doing anything else. You know, might as well do something cool. And I, I went up, like, a year after I moved to Seattle, and it, it fucking terrified me. Like, I was sitting at my desk a week before, like, having an anxiety attack. And Where did you go the first time? Giggles. Yeah. Which um, is not the... the the most positive place to start stand-up. Yeah. I, I actually have never performed at Giggles. I always heard really terrible things about the, the manager, and I don't know him personally. So let's, by, by all means, let's, yeah, so let's, let's, so let's, let's keep those yeah, so let's unfounded rumors going. I only badmouth people I don't know. But uh, here's possible. what I will say, and I'm sure you know this about Giggles, that like a couple of years ago, he shut down the comedy club and made it a strip club and called it Jiggles. <laughs> Which is Did he awesome. change the sign or did you just change the pronunciation? So we only had to buy one letter. Do you know? <laughs> when he got the new sign. Well, it's a consonant, which those are my smart man. Uh, the the way that I understand it is that he actually sold the guy that Terry, Terry was the name, the guy that owned it before sold it or something uh, okay. happened and then a new owner tried to make it a strip club. And the new owner... It's within a mile of, like, three schools. Yeah. Elementary schools. But that was the guy's, <laughs> that was the guy's scam, from what I hear, is that this guy was notorious for oh. opening up strip clubs. Nice and then schools. it's like... Yeah, and then it's... And then the Seattle... And everybody, you know, is like, Oh, my, I gotta protect my child from life, you know? And, <laughs> uh, from nudity. Yeah. Ex- exactly, from... You know, Bo- boobies. Yeah, a place with no windows. Don't, don't let my breastfeeding <laughs> child see any breasts. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he would open these clubs up in these zones where the parents would just go ape shit, and then they go to the city, and then all of a sudden it becomes a violation of freedom of speech, and then he'd sue, <laughs> and then it's Richie Rich swimming in gold coins. Wow. Do they still pay off government lawsuits and gold coins? (laughs) So he's kind of a civil rights strip club owner. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, it's all about everybody's rights. You know, it's just, it's it's all about the women at strip clubs. It's all about making sure the women's rights are fought for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the way I understand it. It's just like, hey, ladies. Well, it's freedom of expression. Right. It's it's, it's an artistic endeavor. You've come a long way, baby. (laughs) You deserve the right to... Nice. Pick up that dollar with your breasts with your during breasts. a Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> <laughs> there's some very good Limp Biscuit songs. Are there? No, there's not. I was going to say, <laughs> I challenge that fact. Yeah. I guessed I was just going to take your word for it. Oh, I was hoping it would pick up on the sarcasm, so maybe I didn't lay it on. <laughs> I consider oh, I considered that. You're not enough. So irritating. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Don't so, Jiggles. So, Jiggles. Yeah. Jiggles, good time. So, uh, so Giggles. And actually, I want to ask you before that, uh, did you have a plan to study something specific at UW? Or you were just like, go Huskies, go Purple and Gold, uh, local references? Oh, um, <laughs> They are not local references. They are local references. They're to they us. Are. <laughs> they're nostalgic references okay. yeah. to you. <clears throat> I was, I was going to finish my degree in economics and become a lawyer. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And then you did what everyone who's going to finish an economics degree and become a lawyer does. Is you quit and became a stand-up. And became <laughs> a stand-up comedian. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a pretty Be- pretty common career arc. You know, I, I think that, like, this is the way... When you have to pay for your own college, you're like, meh, I'll finish it when I finish it. You know what I mean? There's no... There's no... Well, plus, I think paying for your own college... At least, if you're relatively bright or talented, usually means that you get jobs and realize, yeah, you know, I could probably make just as much money and not have a college degree. Yeah. <laughs> so you end up like, yeah, when I'm retired, I'll be one of those old people at college, finishing my degree so that I don't have something to do so I don't die. <laughs> it was it was one thing that I always think about is like when I was starting college when I was like 19, I was going in Colorado and. There was this girl in 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 my class who was probably about my age now, mm-hmm. and she's just like she had like this tattoo on her arm, like. And I thought to myself, I'm never gonna be like the 33 year old chick in college <laughs> trying to finish her, te- you know, degree with a tattoo on her arm. And here I am trying to finish my degree was with a tattoo on her arm. Was it you? <laughs> it was was it was it some weird like time stream you thing? From the future. Yeah. <laughs> 
Da-da. I know. Oh. No, because it was a different tattoo, but I feel like it was as shitty. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that, watch who you judge because you will become them. <laughs> Lizzie, actually, could you hold out your arm and Bob, for the listener, could you describe the, the piece we're looking at? Uh, I think it would be more fitting if Lizzie described it. <laughs> and she got it, and it probably. Well, she can't. She can't but no see, sense. Here's the problem, though. She can't see it from her angle, so she won't. She won't know what's there. <laughs> okay, I see. So that's why I was asking you to describe it. Um, well, there are symbols on it that are that that make me think of time bandits. Uh, <laughs> of time bandits and astrology, though I though I know they're not any anything of the zodiac. Um, it's pretty. It's blue. We'll put a yeah. picture up on the blog. Yeah. Okay. Is any of that I mean, a cover-up? Let me throw up? goats while I'm doing that. Oh, let me yes. throw some goats. Is any of that a cover-up? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've had, I've, I've had and, and a lot of people are like, what was it? It was some dude's name. I'm like, do you think that I would have some loser's name tattooed on my body? I know who I date. I know it's probably not going to work out. I can I can already <laughs> say it. People on the first day, like, hey, no. I date losers, which is why I'm with you. It's not gonna work out. So if you were thinking about me getting your name on my arm, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, just, I just, I just, just no. Maybe, maybe I'll just get like a, a you know, like a men symbol, or just something vague. <laughs> You know, I it also be a good way to like thwart <laughs> off clingy men. Yeah. You know, if someone comes on a little too strong, you can just hold up your hand, be like, "Look, if it didn't work with Tito, <laughs> return those roses while you still can." I just got my own name tattooed on me, or the initials. But this is this was uh, like a decision that was made inebriated, like hours after a breakup. Seriously, like seven years ago. Wow, eight years ago. What year are we in? We're in the 2012. So, seven years ago. So, I'm hoping this becomes the centerpiece of something bigger and better. <laughs> it becomes the centerpiece in that it's going to migrate off your arm <laughs> on near the center of your body. Now, as such, are you going to keep that thematically intact by getting more drunken tattoos in times <laughs> of, of personal crisis? I think I will plan the tattoos and have the tattoos done sober-minded. Okay. So they're available and when you when you get drunk and you're in a crisis, you can just pull it out of your card file and be like, this right. is a tattoo that I want for this situation. Break, break exactly. in case of Yeah, like break. a car failure tattoo. Divorce tattoo. I would like to see you get a tattoo, just just something innocuous. Be like, this is my first parking ticket. Oh, hard. My question is, is, how do you feel about the the person that this this the heartbreak is about? Do you well, do you do? I don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But you, I, but you I still like your initials. Huh? But you still like your I still initials. love my initials, yeah. So it's got some value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, looking at it, it kind of makes me think you broke your own heart. Yeah. <laughs> you set your expectations way too high. It's <laughs> all your fault. Don't we all, in a way, don't yeah. we all break our own hearts? Oh, yeah, it's, mm. it's this fits in with my plan to only tweet sappy, inspirational tweets on Twitter. <laughs> I support that. Yeah. People dig that stuff, you know. People are also really fucking stupid. Hey, <laughs> not <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> no, just in general. Just well, I, I, I tend to I tend to hang out with people who are, if not smart, at least funny. So it's really yeah, I can overlook some stupidity. But lately, I've been hanging out with the unwashed masses, <laughs> and this is going to come across very, <laughs> very badly, but. People are just a bunch of fucknuts. <laughs> they are horrible, horrible things. Is, is that a thing that you inform people when you meet them as well? You're like, you. you were, oh, I know. When we first met, you were like, you know what? You're, you're not smart. But you're, but you're funny. But you're funny. So it's okay. We can still hang out. Yeah. But you're not going to get my name tattooed on you. Some people here are both smart and funny. Some people. All right, guys. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> people are dumb. Are you talking about just the people on Twitter or just... Oh, people in, in general. In the world. Is yeah. there something that happened? Oh, I, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm 100% with did, did I talk? Did, did we talk about the Did we talk about the emergency room on, on the thing with my mom and smacking her head? I, I'm not sure if that's the ground we covered on the show. Th- this is... My mom injured herself uh, on Cinco de Mayo, and I spent some time in the emergency room at St. Oh. Joseph's Hospital, Burbank. Um, uh, 
there were some really dumb people in the emergency room, really dumb people, like just dumb, asking dumb questions that dumb people would ask. And it just, I, I realized I generally don't hang out with the bottom 50 percentile of intellect for more than, for more than it takes for me to finish my transaction at the Jiffy Lube or, <laughs> or you know, get my fries with that or whatever is going on. So I don't listen to long stretches of conversation or I blank them out, you know, long stretches of conversation for people who think ibuprofen is not an over-the-counter drug. That sort of thing. That level of like, do you leave the house? Did what brought you out of your chud hole or to be whatever? Fair, somebody just moved a counter in front of their medicine cabinet, so now Maybe. they have to go behind the counter Maybe. to get there. Well, at first, <laughs> this was specifically like this is some some the the sob story here is some guy broke his arm on the job. Was told by his work that since he it was his fault, he didn't get workman's comp. So that's the first clue that I was like, well, maybe he's addled because he broke his arm, you know? And then it was like, and you should take, I can't move my arm. Well, it's really swollen and you've broken it, says the PA or the nurse. You really should have taken some, you know, ibuprofen or something before you came in. It would really help with that. Can I get that over the counter? (laughs) Like, do I need a prescription for that? And that was when I was like, oh, no, that person's just dumb. But you have to keep in mind, because I, you know, maybe I just have this failing of always liking to see the, the good in people, but some gas stations, that's behind the counter. So he may feel that, you know, maybe. there's a, per, there's a, there's Perhaps. an element of permission uh, okay. that's required there. Okay. I was I always know. told it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. There that's you true. Go. And this sure applies that. By the way, I can't diss on people's intellect too much because I just tried to eat what I thought was a popcorn kernel and it's actually uh, somebody's uh, uh, crumpled up straw wrapper. Straw wrapper <laughs> so I disqualify myself from this. <laughs> no, that's not to say that people don't do dumb things every now and again, but but just that I kind of had that realization where it's like I don't hang out with the general public very often. You know, I have a bubble of people that I interact with and. Yeah, it's always, always when you know, traveling is a great time to realize how tiny an island you live on, mm-hmm. like culturally and aesthetically. It's like, you know, just spend a month, it, it just in your experience, right. is truck stops and hotels. Yeah, and I like truck stops though, it's, man. They're, they're <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a funny a kinship day. to it. Yeah. Lizzie, tell me about your truck stop experiences. I don't have, well, I don't have any truck stops. I just, I just love to go to truck stops. I love looking at... At, at wolf t-shirts and dragon <laughs> dragon figurines and and I get a lot and, and I'm kind of an attention whore so I get a lot of attention when I go in the truck stops because everybody's like like greasy and methed out from being on the road and they're just like oh look at that tall drink of water coming in here but I just love them they're just they're just they're just fun because I you know you can get like all sort of Elvis, Elvis, everything, anything. Books on tape. Books every on book, tape. every every crummy book that's ever been made. Every Dream Jeff Catchers. Foxworthy album. You can just truck you know, nuts. Yep. Truck nuts. <laughs> the the truck nuts are not just for trucks. You can put them on anything. Put them on just, your Civic. Just so you guys know, yeah. The what's what's the one on like on the way to Coachella? The uh, it's like the the certain auto stop place, like huge. Um, is it a TA or yes TA? TA. That's, that's what I thought. That's my travel favorite. America. I like I like the flying J's. I'm a flying J fan, but my favorite flying J happens to reside in Refinery, New Mexico, <laughs> near wow. the Arizona state line. If you're going, I'm sure I've been to toward that Texas way. Uh, it's wonderful. It has a Frontier Pies that has a truckers only section where phones are on the table. So will you want to call your missus back home? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell her how good that strawberry pie is. Or your missus in the next oh, town, right? Am I right? What? I would like to. <laughs> I would like. My dream is like if I ever get five thousand dollars that I don't have to pay on student loans uh, in my life, I want to take a road trip and go to as many truck stops and like buy a CD radio and like have truck stop parties. I, I feel like that would be a really good time. I just, Will you drive some particular type of vehicle around or just like whatever car you have at the time? Oh, uh, well, I'll take my Civic, but if someone's got like a semi truck nuts on it. <laughs> no, no. If, if I'm going to put like, 
if, if I'm gonna deck that thing out, it's it, it'll it'll be the worst thing you'll ever see. Like it'll have flames, you know, just flames. I, somehow I think no matter how hard you try, it will not be the worst deck <laughs> in the world. Especially not if you're going truck stop to truck stop. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you'll see things. Do they have truck ovaries for the ladies? I wish they did, but I don't think they do. Oh, we have, we're starting a business. Chuck Uter, Lizzie, and I are going, on, we're going into business together. Look for uh, it should be a bonus for, for truck, truck lady parts. Donate to the podcast. Truck lady parts. For, for every fifty dollars you donate to the podcast, we'll get a truck over one it. pair. Yeah, it'll be like a balloon. We could fill it up with red Kool Aid or something. Oh, then I take it too far. I no, took it too far. No, I don't think you've taken it far, far enough. enough. That's right. Let's keep going. How much yeah. time do we have? There's a bottom. There's a bottom. We'll find it. So your first time at Giggles. Oh yeah. Oh, was... because you you gave up law. Yeah, yeah. I gave but did you give up the love of the law? I still love the law. It's 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 what keep what it's the glue that keeps society together. Barely. Whatever. It's, it's the blue. It's the blue. What, what year are we talking about here? What, when was your first time? When did you? Oh, it was stand up cherry. Uh, two thousand two, I think. Yeah, because I moved out in two thousand one, and I waited a year, and it was terrifying. I, it was like an out of body experience, and then I was so terrified of doing it. I didn't do it for six weeks, and then I would wait six weeks, and then I finally met up with some friends that we all just kind of banded together and pushed each other to go on stage yeah now had you done stuff on stage before or perform at all um marching band hey ladies marched around a lot of stages did you yeah well that was a stage with it well yeah yeah the streets the stage I, I did marching band the stage is the world the world is your instrument in marching high band school. uh tenor sax and the clarinet at the same time holy crap you're like a one man band <laughs> rank time <laughs> No, it was, it was There's something about the, the name Giggles keeps coming up, which sounds funny as a comedy club because a giggle seems to be the lesser of exactly. comedy. I, I thought exactly that when it's I was like, not called crickets or pensive. You just try to figure out what, the, what that joke is about. Every almost every open mic in this town could be called Howling Silence. Polite cough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Golf clap. Oh, wow. Tolerance is what it should be called. <laughs> yeah. Bored tolerance. Bored tolerance. Yeah. So, am, I, am I going to have a turn? When do I go up? That's, the, that's what everyone's called. So did you feel like your first time, like if you were terrified, but when you got off stage, were you like, oh, I did okay? Or were you like, oh, yeah, uh, run away? Uh, I was just glad it was over. Yeah, yeah. So but you don't like, remember. That's kind of the way sex is for a fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> you don't really remember much about technique. Like, oh, yeah, back oh, when God, I was a fourteen-year-old boy. Tell you. Did you just glad it's over? Yeah. <laughs> really, I. I think we need. That's like a unique to you, Bob. I went to it. That was well. It was more about the school I went to. And then that's your experience, not your partner's experience. Being like, oh my god, thank god it's over. That, that well, was, did, that was the longest minute taken? of my life. <laughs> he, was, he was not a gentleman. <laughs> uh, I, I see now. <laughs> not just gruff around the wrists. <laughs> <laughs> so you developed a band of, of stand-up brigands and uh, yeah, push each other to... Yeah, we pushed each other to the right, and we worked really hard, and um, we did what every group of new comedians do, is we think that we're better than everybody else. <laughs> and, and You are, and you are. And uh, be really judgmental towards the scene, and then we realize, like, I don't know, it kind of, it kind of, everybody sort of moved away, but not like away, just sort of. You know, we realized there was a point where it's just like, all right, we're going to open mics and we're kind of establishing ourselves in the scene. So we kind of got lives and stuff like that. But I'm great friends with all of them still. I, mean, I thought you were about to say you're a great comedian. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you are. You know, um, but it was it was probably the best thing that happened because it really just because it, it stand up is really scary. Stand up is really scary because. Uh, it takes a very long time for people to remember you. Yeah. You know, because there's so much dropping out. He, out here, it's insane. It's it's just, you know, there's so many comics. But even in a small town like Seattle, it's like no one really gives 
a shit about you until you've hung out for like six months. Because so many people do it once and they realize they're not getting on Leno next yeah. week. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'll just go back to being an accountant, you know? And open mics are extra lonesome if you don't, like, have your friends there. Whether they're, yeah. whether they're just your friends that are going to uh, support you and, and don't also do stand-up. Or even better, if they're your... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really hard. But I think it's good to think that you're better than everyone else because you're you're writing material you're writing your own material which if you thought there were other people better you would just start like a comedy cover crew <laughs> like yeah. Carlos Mencia yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly just be like you know he's got good jokes <laughs> oh um, yeah I'm gonna tell those jokes good or like me from the time I was <clears throat> six to the time I was about twelve <laughs> right your your pre pubescent. <laughs> Um, recantation of oh yeah, yeah. raw <laughs> as good as it gets. Yep. Now, speaking of uh, doing other people's, have you ever done a mystery box show in Seattle? Mm-mm. Oh well, I'll just say what it is then. Uh, my friend Nam Hun and I think he runs it with another buddy of his, and I actually haven't been. I've just seen uh, seen the tapes. They do uh, like a showcase where everybody does their own material, and then they like do each other. As like impressions and each other's sets. Anyway, I just oh, think it's a fun awesome. show. So yeah. if you're listening and you're in Seattle or you're heading towards Seattle, look up the Mystery Box show and go see it because it's great. Or you're at a truck stop and you're undecided you're where you're going. Yeah. yeah, drive to Seattle. Cool. Exactly. <clears throat> What's the show here that people do? Well, v- v- Vance Sanders does uh, the open mic of love at uh, the Westwood Brew Co. Oh. That on Thanksgiving they do that. They may do it other times, but I recall it being a Thanksgiving or Halloween thing where people do their favorite set yeah. from somebody. Yeah, I would love to do someone else's set that I loved that I was currently with. I'm always threatening you know. to go there and do, and do, and do Brody Stevens because I can do a pretty good Brody Stevens. Um, but uh, the thing that always gets me is is because I you know, did performing and stuff before I did stand-up, so getting up on stage was not a problem. It was all about the writing and, you know... Just getting the jokes down, as opposed to, but but like I never had a problem. Like it was never like a, a fear. It was like the logistics were harder than the the actual getting up on stage and performing. So I find it interesting when people are like, "It was horrible," and I, you know, it was like a this this you know terrible experience. And it took me a long time to get used to it. <laughs> it's still kind of I I don't know like like I still have stage anxiety. Well, it's still a rush, and I, I definitely yeah. have anxiety. I mean, I always have. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, the th- when I was a kid, I would throw up before I'd do a show. I'd always, like, have a total nervous stomach, but I'd go and do it. And I know it's not going to kill me now, so, but it, I was more, the ego part of the stand-up was worse for me than it was the performing part. Oh. I'm glad I never actually got physically ill. I would have done a lot of, I would have just been a bulimic. For the amount of, of, like, random things I did, like marching band and cheerleading and, like, I don't know, dance recitals and stuff, I would have just been puking. Plus, plus you eat a lot before every plus performance. Plus I eat so much. Yeah. Like, power, no. carb, load, carbs. For me, I always get more nervous after, where, like, I'm okay when I'm on stage, and I'm like, oh my god, was that good? Was that bad? Ah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, like, I mean, I do music. I haven't done too much comedy stuff on stage, maybe mm-hmm. acted in some sketches here and mm-hmm. there. Um, and n- n- even though I've been doing music for... Uh, what year is it? It's like, you know, it's 15 or 20 years now. Like, I still get some butterflies, for sure. Not totally nervous and, or scared, but just just butterflies, I would say. Yeah. Is, is that where you're kind of at with your story? Or is it worse for you than that? Um, you know, it's, it's always been... And one time, there was one time I decided, and this is this has happened years ago, and it still sort of fucks with me, is one day, like, going up, we went to Giggles a lot, and it was one of the larger rooms, and getting weekend time meant that you got up in front of, like, 200 people, and it was, like, a nationally touring headliner, and it was kind of a big deal when you're, sure. you're yeah, absolutely. eight months in, and one day, I was going down to Giggles, going to do some do some stand-up, and I went to a gas station and got, like, a Frappuccino and slammed on the Starbucks, and I totally had an anxiety attack on stage, and it was just so, like, oh, like, it, it was very, it was very hard, because, like, I was shaking, I could sort of, like, otherworldly, you know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah. could see myself in the audience, and I, I knew that I was saying things, but I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have, I was totally having a panic attack. <laughs> 
And so that that actually fucked with me for years. But it wasn't like you were too unclear to address it, or you just didn't want to. Address I just powered it. through the set yeah. and then you know went outside and chain smoked for about a half an hour. Like, oh, help you come down from all that caffeine. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that nicotine will take the edge off. Oh, totally. It's 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 a depressant. That's what that's what nicotine is. You know, just so it. I think you can get it over the counter. Yeah. 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 That experience reminds me a lot of the experience of the, of, uh, Ted Stryker's from airplanes experience. So like him, I'm glad that you had a sequel. (laughs) Pushed on. Slam and dunk. (laughs) Before uh, you started doing stand-up, did you do other comic stuff besides just making all of your friends, uh, fall down in, in laughter? No, I just judged people. That's, that's <laughs> it was just like I'm just gonna sit around and judge people until I go on stage. No, I didn't do any comedy stuff. I, you know, it was sort of one of those things that that like, you know, it, it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of a way, good way to put it. it. It's like going to the gym. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna do stand up. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna totally. go to the gym. And then when you're like, oh, I gotta go to the gym. F that. You know, <laughs> oh, I gotta actually go on stage. Nah, that's cool. I'll just do it next week. It's just yeah. That's how people are. They're like, yeah, we know when I when I'm gonna get the band together. I'm gonna write some really good tunes and fucking be on MTV. <laughs> That's totally how I feel on stand up too. I totally feel like it's going to the gym. Because like I like, well, here like in I don't LA, wanna go, so I don't like wanna go, I don't yeah. wanna go. But then it's okay when I'm there and then when I'm done, I'm like, yay, I totally did it. Well, <laughs> no, but to be LA, fair there's, to okay, there's it's it's onerous in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair to women, there's you've gotta sort of grapple with that sort of going out aspect. To whereas a guy, it's like if you're in a guy and a comedian, it's like who gives a shit what you look like? You know, it's like you can just show up in your Rolled up, cut off shorts, and I always show up in my rolled yeah. up, cut off shorts. Good for you. I am notorious for having like the black hoodie and just like that. That's my style. The Kaczynski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, yeah, and the, and the, I and the, yeah. Or the Cleveland. I just you know, and and something that's actually changed in Los Angeles because you know, in, in, in Seattle, it's like you can look like you just got up and probably still get laid, but here it's just like, oh, you gotta actually, yeah, you have to think about putting something together that goes with something or I know thing like, yeah, no one ever sees your clothes in Seattle because you always have a hoodie on over them. Exactly. So as long as, as long as you have a big collection of hoodies, I do have. You, a big you are a fashion maven. I will wear a hoodie at uh, at eight degrees. Like I don't, I don't give a shit. It's just, it's it's one. Of, I like hoodies. I'm gonna open I a think, line of sexy hoodies yeah. <laughs> to go with our check ovaries. Let that be the epitaph of your hoodie shaped gravestone, <laughs> <laughs> which will be really easy to find from far away. Yeah, right. unlike the grave of Don Knotts. Well, it'll be just a scarecrow with a hoodie on it. It'll be. <laughs> Nice. Love yeah. it. Awesome. This, I would start setting a fund away for that. <laughs> All you need is <laughs> just two make groups. 50 a month. <laughs> so when did you finally decide that you were like, oh, I'm too big, I'm too big for this small Seattle pond and this, you know, hoodie-laden city. I need to, <laughs> I need to get out of here. Bring hoodies to somewhere else so you <laughs> yeah. can share the hoodies with the world. Share the hoodies. Um, it was... When my brother called me and he said, Lizzie, do you want this couch? <laughs> and I said, no, Matt, I'm going to move to Los Angeles. And he said, go fuck yourself. You've been saying that for five years. Do you want the couch or not? And then that was like, all right, I'm going to do it despite this guy. This guy just pissed me off. So then that's when I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this because he just called me on my shit. You know, yeah. like, so I've been talking about, you know, there's always like, again, like the gym and everything else. Like when I moved to LA, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the fantasy. I'm pretty sure that's how the, uh, the civil war started. Really? So it's like, yeah. You want this you want this couch? Do you want, this, <laughs> do you want these slaves? <laughs> fuck you. No, fuck you. We don't have slavery. We don't like it. <clears throat> We're leaving the union. Well, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. pretty much how, yeah, everything. And then how soon after that, I assume your brother lives in Seattle? Yeah. Also? And still? And still has that couch? Still, <laughs> no, still has couch. a couch. I don't know what he did couch. I think anyone take this couch. Uh, which is kind of sad when someone gives you a futon. You know, because yeah. a futon is something that... I think it's yeah. even sadder when you actually go out and buy a futon on purpose. Really? 
Oh yeah. No, I think a futon. Like if you buy a futon, you're at least you're like, yeah, okay, this is transitionary. When someone <laughs> gives you a futon, they pity your life. Like a futon is like, I'm sorry right. for your life. Sorry, sorry that you've been sleeping and sitting on the floor. Here's a futon where you can both sit and sleep. This is really because awkward because I have to now do our sponsor spot from sit and sleep. Go sit and sleep. Well, a futon is generally like a hundred dollars. I mean, I've never, I've never bought a futon, but I imagine they're really fucking cheap. So it's, it's like, it's like, it's like getting half of someone's used ramen. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can afford this. Mom's- I don't think you on your own can sustain your own futon budget. So. There right. you go. Dollars, it's cheap, but the emotional cost of committing to yourself <laughs> yeah, that you're, 20, you're up above 25 and you're getting a futon. Yeah. Just like, oh. yeah. So your brother now lives in Seattle, probably with no friends and family, because every time no he tries, futon. every try, time he tries to get this futon away, someone moves. Yeah, exactly. Do you want this couch? No. It's not so much a futon as a phaeton. No. Yeah. I want to ask this, um, now, because Gene's from here originally. Uh, Bob and I moved, both moved here from Phoenix. You both, uh, Liz and Libby, moved from um, Seattle. How did people predict that you would be back? And have you sensed any resentment from the people who are still in Seattle for the fact that you moved? You can call them losers, too, if it makes you feel better. Well, I call everybody losers, so it kind of works out. Or you can name names. Um... No, people. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they 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 predicted that I because when you talk about moving to LA or you move to LA or you see other people in LA and you see them come back, you're like, God, you're a fucking pussy. God, what are you can't make that six months? Jesus Christ! Did you tuck your tail in. You know, welcome back, loser. But then you get down there, you're like, Oh, I understand why they went back because this is hard. Yeah. You know, this is this is not easy. But I don't I don't know, people didn't predict my 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 I think maybe it was me that did all the predicting. Because I I don't I don't think I had any enemies that didn't maybe they did. Not even necessarily enemies though. Like I I mean I've had family members who are like, Well, don't give up your storage spot. You're gonna be your storage space here in Phoenix, you'll be back, right? No, you don't get it. I'm I'm here for keeps. Mom. And that is a sentimental <laughs> thing to let go of your your, mm-hmm. your storage, storage spot. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's really cutting a bond to a to, yeah. a, to a city. By the way, I'll be playing a show at the storage spot right. in July. Yeah. Right. I think when I moved here, a lot of people predicted that I would end up doing porn, which thankfully has right. not happened yet. This week, haven't got the right offer. <laughs> but just, yeah. It's not working. You're, you're still young. But it is hard to live here. And when you're older, that's a niche. <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, make a living. Uh, e- e- make a living, let alone make a living, and try to balance that with any sort of creativity. Right. It's just, um, it's something that I didn't expect. I didn't expect. Because I decided when I moved down there, I was like, you know what? The job market is so terrible. I'm like, I'm going to go back to school. And then... I was like, I'm going to go back to school because I don't have, you know, these student loans in case, like, shit goes down. And then that has been my biggest detriment because now I'm almost done with school and I have, like, a year left. But it's such a time suck that I'm, like, not doing comedy. And so I'm losing my mind. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Because I didn't calculate how how much time L.A. takes to live here. Because in Seattle, it's, like, 15 minutes to go to work. Yeah. You know, I can get stage time by walking like five blocks, and I didn't have to wait three hours. And everything I didn't... in LA is so far. <laughs> yeah. Even when it's not, it seems like it's far because everything <laughs> everything in LA is is a half hour away, unless there are other people in the city with you. If you're in like the Omega Man, you could totally get anywhere in this town in a half hour. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about going home is uh, we know when you go back to the place you came from and and the old. You know what used to be across the proverbial rivers. Like, wow, I couldn't have shit in the time it took to get here, <laughs> and it just makes you realize, you know, the scale of this scale that you live in. You know, yeah. in the present tense. Like, yeah. So people, uh, you know, when I go back, they're just like, "How's it going? You know, what's what's happening down there?" It's just like I'm just down there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think. It, it's so much easier to be judgmental of what's happening in LA when you're when you're not living in it. You know what I mean? If you have if you've got like 
a trust fund or someone that's kicking your rent in yeah, for six months and you have time to like you know go audition and stuff like that it's fine but when you know I came down here it's like oh I've got three thousand dollars you know to last me yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard enough with a day job and yeah like I haven't done a book show in two years and I haven't done open mic in probably as long if not a little longer maybe a little shorter with kids I mean it's like mm-hmm. I can't drive around right you know, some show and BFE for five minutes of stage. Plus, time. the terms of the contract I made Gene sign before we started this yeah. podcast are really strict. I can't believe that you won't let him play pickup basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just seems a little overreaching. It's insurance. It's all about insurance. But still. Don't want to risk it. So it's nice, though, that you can pop, like, if you do pop up to Seattle, you can just be like, hey, I'm back. I want to do some time on stage. Yeah, and I'm going up there in the summertime, too, so I'm so excited. Cool. I've got a couple weddings to go to. Yeah, and that and that coming back to the, the how we met story. Um, she was in town. I'm not sure what, were you just in town just to do stage time, or you were in town for something else last year when you, when we did that comedy underground show together. Um, I think I was just in town visiting. I wanted to get some some recorded stuff in front of a real audience. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was just basically taping, so I just came up for vacation. Yeah. So anyway, it was super cool of her because she's one of the many like Jean and you guys. Uh, so artistic stand-up comedic people and uh, and so we met through some mutual friends and she was like you can have five minutes at the beginning of my time and so I did uh, yeah. I did five and she did <laughs> so I did, ten so I did 22 yeah so, <laughs> so I did 45 minutes and what everybody that, walked out what is that agitated guy in the back with a light he gets more and more agitated me is that something I should pay I did attention to 10 minutes about train food that's right. Deal. That's and Jack. Oh, I didn't finish the story. Yeah, oh, no, no. The train. Oh, about how I wanted to kill this lady on the, on the train. <laughs> Friend and I, it's, it's morning time, and uh, we get to this. It was beautiful. It was right around Oregon. So the sun was coming, you know, it was rising, and it was just, it was, it was like out of a country crop commercial, you know, there's like lace on the windows, and you can hear the train tooting. It was great. And so we sit down, and I'm, I'm wearing a, a t-shirt or whatever, and we sit in this 80-year-old woman. And this is the dining car. This is the dining car, right? <laughs> yeah. Starts talking and talking, and then she looked at me, and she looked at my tattoo, and she said, you know what? If you were my granddaughter, I would cut you out of the will. <laughs> I did, I wanted her to choke on... Like, I just like, I hope you have a stroke, bitch, because I was fucking rude. And then... The worst thing is, like, if you're going to say something like that, just don't... I'm trying to eat French toast, and I love French toast, and you're ruining it. Like, I can't eat French toast and be angry because I love French toast, but you're making me mad. And so she just keeps talking about, like, like how... You know, she was the head of the PTA in Missouri in the seventies. You know, sure, she wasn't. She, she didn't say KKK. <laughs> <laughs> but then, 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 then I'm sorry. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Did I, did I, did I get, get ahead of the story? Oh yeah. So, so we're so my friend is just just angry, and he's just he's just he's like trying to compose himself, and and she's monopolized everything about this. Just, I just want to eat and enjoy the view, and I hate her already because she's, you know a thousand years old and you know she's probably living off plantation money you know what I mean just, <laughs> I don't know it was uh, there was this really smoking hot black guy on the train that I was like flirting with the whole time and she turns to us and he, he, he was uh, he was he was mixed race and she turns to us and you know because he came and like gave us water or whatever she's like what do you think he is an extra fancy octoroon <laughs> Property of the rail, no doubt. You, you should have said, Dad, I think $160 in gold pieces on the, on the New Orleans auction block. Oh, my friend. And my friend just turns and he's like, why don't you ask him? She's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I'm silly. You're silly. That'd be stupid. And we're just, I'm just like, I just want to get away from this woman because she's just not sitting there. She's just... She's making me talk to her, yeah. and at this point, I should have just told her to eat a bag of dicks or something like that, just, just leave me alone. But then we we totally told the conductor about her, <laughs> because he was like, can I have your reservations for dinner? We're like, can we pick who we sit next to, because there's this old codger. I have some reservations about this old lady. <laughs> right. That's right. 
and we told her the whole story about how she was racist, and he's like, I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to go, you know. So he went and confronted her about it and said, you can't be racist on the train. And Because it's crewed entirely by black people. (laughs) And And it was built by... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And so... Filthy Irishman, you can say. Yeah, totally filthy Irishman. Um... So he goes and talks to her, and we're just high. We're like, yeah, train justice, you know, fighting each other. Like, screw this lady. And then uh, she corners me. Like, I was just trying to get through. She corners like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, stay away. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care how you feel about my tattoos. Just don't fuck up my French toast. You know? <laughs> That's all I care about. Like, I don't want to hear your opinion and your life story about how you were a debutante or whatever people do in the South. I wish I wish that like a, a train roof fight scene would have been sooner. <laughs> like, I would have been really excited about that. Or maybe there was a trap door, like I could have just thrown her down, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well for me something I really love about travel is that you you often meet strangers. Mm-hmm. And the thing when you meet people like that is that they're so easily offended. So if they do become like hijackers of your good time, it's always so easy to make them unhappy. Yeah. And, and the thing that's also fun about traveling is that anyone, like, there's something about traveling. It's like there's an unwritten contract when you get into, a, like, a shared mode of transportation with someone, you're agreeing to be sort of gullible. Sure. Because you oh. don't give a shit when anyone tells you. Yeah, Who yeah. Who cares? Right. Like, we're going to be next to each other for as long as it takes for this fucking tube to get to Baltimore yeah. and I never see you again. That even happens to me on the bus in right. LA. Like yeah. some woman going off about like, oh, I know. So right. so you're going to hear something that you don't want to, maybe don't want to hear about or don't want to care about. Or don't believe, so, but you're right, willing to right. humor so, them. Yeah. So that's yeah. when it's always fun things to just, you know, break into. I, you know, I, I, I rode the train cross country and one, and uh, I was taking the San Joaquin from, I went alone, so I stayed in San Joaquin from L.A. to Bakersfield because I just had extra things on my pass, and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there alone, and there's this guy rocking out to, like, on a CD player, like, like a CD player, not, not right. an iPod, but like, serious, like... Obviously a time traveler from 1990. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't, I was minding my own business, and, you know, he, he was sitting there, and... He came over to me and he started telling me why he was going to Bakersfield. He's like, yeah, my friend is in the hospital. <laughs> this is one of my other things that angered me on the train. This is a, it's actually a mildly amusing story. Uh, he's like, I'm, you know, my friend is sick in the hospital. He's my best friend. And, and, and he seemed genuine enough. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's like, can I use your phone? Oh. And I'm like... Yeah, you can use my phone. You know, the train isn't going to stop anytime soon. Right. So he uses my phone, and he, he, he finds out in the news that his friend had died, and it's a really awkward, like, oh, you are just found out your best friend died. And you're taking a train to Bakersfield, and the garden spot of yeah, California. Yeah, I'm going to Bakersfield. So I start talking to this guy, and I'm, you know, just trying to be nice and cheer him up and give him some company and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden... He's like, you know, you like rock music? And I'm like, yeah, I like rock music. And he's like, all right, listen to this. <laughs> and he has me listen to some, and it's, it's, it's rock music, whatever. It's, it's not anything special. And he's like, all right, listen to this one. I'm like, all right, this is cool. It's kind of classic rock. And then he's like, all right, and then listen to this one. Now pay attention to the lyrics. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, it's all about Jesus. And I'm like, God damn it. They're just like pissed off. And he's like, and then he starts proselytizing uh-huh. to me. About, like, finding the way. And I'm like, dude, I lent you my phone. I'm pretty sure Jesus would do that. I talked to you. Do you honestly think I'm going to take my... Did you tell him? I'm pretty sure Jesus would do that. No! Because I'm still trying to be cool to me. And I'm just like, I'm not going to go and throw away my vitamin water full of vodka off the train and find Jesus. And I'm just like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, I'm just sitting on the train. I'm studying. I'm I'm pretty sure Jesus would spike his vitamin water. Water and wine, dude. And then he he gets off the train and he completely throws me under the bus. He finds some other lady who he thinks is a Christian and wants to proselytize to me. And then he's just like, will you you tell her about the word? And he's like, I was like, wait a minute, you're you're getting someone else to try to give me? There's a closer, there's a closer. Oh, it was terrible. Was the other lady actually a Christian or was she like, nah, I'm atheist? 
No, no, no. She well, she admitted that she was Christian. Oh, Maybe she, she was just feeling uncomfortable. She admitted. But I don't know. I was just like, really? Why? Why are you? I know it makes you feel good, but I don't give a shit. You know, it's don't don't get me into your fucking cult. You know, like, I don't. I Jesus would be okay and be like, yeah, what a cool chick. Let her phone. I don't know though. Most cults are considerably more awesome than regular Christianity. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for real. Well, the good thing is, like, and this oh, I always feel so when I travel and like crap goes really bad. But then you know, the the good news is when you travel that like your French toast got totally ruined and you were forced to listen to some Christian rock. But now you have some kick-ass stories yeah. to tell about some retarded people on a train. The yeah. good news. And you can, yeah. Well, you know, okay. you, you again, can. Again, I'm gonna have to step. No, up. I mean, you know. Again, I'm gonna have to step. Yeah. Up. Have you heard the good news? Right. Most retarded people are way more awesome than people who listen to Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah. But you can get more French toast. Yeah. Yeah, And you know. more retarded people. And more retarded people. And it's and it and was more classic rock. So so was he uh, was he in an extra fancy octoroon? Your gentleman friend <clears throat> on the train? Yeah, did you get with him? <laughs> no, man, it was a drag. Because... Jesus would have fucked you on the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um <laughs> I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that. Jesus? Yeah. Jesus. yeah. Dude, he was a carpenter. He hung out with a bunch of dudes. I mean, you know they were partying. No, he was a bro. He can totally. Totally. I would say he was a bro. I mean, do you really want to just look out the window the whole time to Bakersfield? (laughs) That was on the different... The the San Joaquin is is a a pretty boring train, but this one was on the Coastal Starlight. The The people that run the train are all awesome. They're they're so relaxed and they're That's a change, too. That's a change. Too. Maybe, maybe it's the ones that I like. I don't. I don't. I think it's I usually they're happy them. that you're not on an airplane because they, they, they need to stay in business. I, I really do. I really do think that that things have things has have changed considerably since I rode the train a lot when I was a kid. Did you Did you ride like a commuter train or was no, it no. was it? Uh, no, it was it could have mostly. also just been that you were a kid. Maybe it's just when you were a kid, the uh, the train staff felt like they had to kind of keep you. Well, no, well, I mean, the, the, this was in my teenage years too. Oh, but I mean, it was, but but it that was, was subdued. No, 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 no. I just, I just think that it was it, it, the the attitude on Amtrak was a lot more what you would expect from you guys are a step up from a bus, right? Kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't been on a long train trip in a while. I've always just had the best time on trains. Like people oh, are always like really. Yeah. There's a cool sort of like interaction with anyone who's like worked on it like it's not like this is my job and it's shitty right or I yeah. suspect you of carrying whiskey in that <laughs> trophy <laughs> something the guys on the coastal starlight are the ones that run it and maybe it's just the route they just seem to all want to party and they're like welcome aboard <laughs> come to the parlor car and have a wine tasting we <laughs> have it it's awesome. the only one so now that you're out here and you're making time to go to stand-up at least when you can, like, how do you feel about the scene and tell me about uh, Upright Citizens Brigade that you've just been starting and what else is going on with you? Uh, the scene is great. The scene, I've never, I mean, there's so many talented people out here. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It makes you work harder. It, it makes you better stand-up because it really is, you have to care about what you do on stage because you're paying three hours of your life just to get five minutes mm-hmm. outside of Coffee Bean in Encino. You know, it's just there. There's you just it just makes you work harder, and so I've met a lot of really great people in the scene, and it just it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Upright Citizens Brigade, I'm studying improv there, and that's another thing that's been really interesting because it's a way different muscle, and it's yeah takes me out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. and it makes me really you know you learn about comedy. Yeah. through it you, you really you know it's not all about like oh give me a down and let's do some wacky shit it's just at least with their program it's like you really kind of understand what is funny about things yeah you know were you inspired to jump into improv uh, mostly to improve your stand up or just because you were like I want to do some improv uh, it was to improve my stand up mm-hmm. yeah it's just sort of have cool. that skill so it really helps I think yeah yeah um, it helps with writing. Well, Jean and I met at, uh, at UCB, actually, yep. a while back. So in spite of that, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, besides that, now he can't get rid of me. <sighs> like a barnacle. It's like an improv barnacle. 
I'm always in the back seat of his car. Mm-hmm. Hey, Gene. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Where are we going? Where are we driving to, Gene? That's right. You're like the yappy little dog that follows the cartoons. No, I think it's I think it's really handy for you know writing and, right. and yeah. comedy and acting in general. I mean, totally. None of that. None of the stuff that they they. I mean, I've heard things about other programs, but I think everything is applicable. I don't, I don't think of yeah. anything that is not applicable to the creative arts in their program. You just apply it. I mean, it's you know, it's observing and listening and heightening and finding out what's you know the game of the scene. Air quotes and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the way of getting to the heart of things that's not uh, you know. Yeah, and for me, just to go, like, get loose and have fun and chill out with other hilarious, fun people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have anything coming up we should know about? Any any shows, any open mics you'd love to go drop in at? Any, or? any train trips? Any train trips? train trips? Uh, no train trips in the future. Um, I've got a show at Flappers, I think, on the 12th. Tw- I'm gonna put it on my website soon. I'll put it on this website too. Um, I'll email it to you because I just got the date that I'm trying to get cool. my showcase at. So yeah. Monday, uh, or, I'm sorry, this comes out on Monday the 11th of June. So it'll be this month. Yeah, it'll this, be the end of this month. It's I think it's, it's the, the 29th or something like that. Or <clears> some some. Oh, yeah. Is that a Monday <laughs> or is that a Sunday or is that it's a uh, June 29th is a Friday. Is it Friday? Oh yeah, it's on the 29th. Oh, you guys are. Oh, sad. But you know, I'll have more shows. Say goodbye to your totally plug. <laughs> uh, but I'll have more shows. You know, I like to go to. Um, I've been doing. You know, there's. I've been all over open mics. Um, one of them I like actually is Hollenbeck's in North Hollywood. That one's actually a lot of fun. Oh really? Yeah, it's a really good vibe. And then who runs um, that? Guy named Richard. Richard Mueller. Where's it at? It's in North Hollywood. Um, on Kanga. Koanga. Koanga. I, I called it Kahoanga like my first week here. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like Sepulveda. Like someone has to tell you how to say it. <laughs> right, right. Don't say Sepulveda, loser. You know? <laughs> what night is that? Is that one? Um, it's on Tuesdays. Cool. And you can do anything. That that one you can do music or something like that. And it's it's just a good vibe. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. And and Libby, you have um, some stuff coming out that I do to notify the audience about. I am putting out a graphic novel, Unemployed Ninja, and I just put up the website, unemployedninja.com. It's very sparse now, but the um, the novel will be published in uh, July for Comic Con with my brilliant illustrator Maddie Norwood. Nice, very cool, awesome. Yeah. Wow, you didn't go for uh, unemployedninja.org. No. No, I did not. Dot I, I went straight, straight to the dot com. Cut, cut right through all that. Right. We want to make sure that they, they don't be sharks. The dot org. Dot net. Because that would yeah. be more along unemployed. Like or dot just, net is like the. Or just dot dot. Right. Well, in a while just back, they, they tried ellipsis. to uh, <laughs> to put up uh, the dot xxx for porn sites, but you know, I don't, I don't want the wrong crowd coming to unemployed ninja. Or do something. you? Some, something else, kind of graphic. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to <laughs> graphic, to graphic. Porn, yeah. and I got to this comedy action comic book instead. Dang it! <laughs> Bob Schreiner, you got some dates coming up? Oh, I'm jealous that your graphic novel is done. As a man who's written a graphic novel and is a page four of it being illustrated by my wonderful friend Eric Zimmer, who lives in Amsterdam. Oh, well, and listens to the show. Yes, he does. Good. Yes, Eric, he does. Mm. Get on it. Yeah, he's on it. He's on it all the time. Is it, a, is it like a page a day? And it's amazing. So Good. Well, let's, let's like get it done. 200 we'll, or so we'll pages train. to go. So, <laughs> all in time. Uh, but other than that, no, I'm, just, I'm just working too much and working on not working too much. Yeah. So I can work on all those things I love again. Um, let's Big Happy is on Netflix if you do that thing. And then if you don't, it's on MySpace, which is still around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find it on our site as well. Oh, ShakeTownRadio.com. Yes. Gene George. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to make a MySpace but I You know what? I'd like you to plug Gene George. What can I plug? Your, um, we haven't talked about it on the show yet. Is uh, your side business of cons- weapon construction. Oh, God. Uh, is that awesome. really, is that a, really a side business when it makes no money and nobody, nobody pays any attention to it besides you? <laughs> oh, my, my science ones? Tell, uh, tell them at least the website where they can find it. It's probably like sciencewands.com. <laughs> Dude, I, I am so not promoting this. Uh, <laughs> it's like 
Sciencewands is Tumblr.com, I think. Okay. You realize the anti-plug is going to be just as effective as the yeah. plug? Right. Well, I'm assuming that I'm remembering Unless correctly. you make it so cryptic that no one knows where to go. Yeah. Sci- I think it's Sciencewands at Tumblr. Sciencewands? Sciencewands. Like magic wands, but with science. But with science. Yeah. 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 When I get bored, it's, the tradition has been that... It started when I was doing archaeology and working for the Forest Service, and we had a shop, like a fully equipped, like... Mm-hmm shop to repair stuff and build things and I would always bring like sticks back from the field and I would you know cut them up polish them up and you know give them out for like hiking sticks so I end up with this big box of crap that I've been dragging around with me forever and mostly it's like walking sticks and garbage like that so I just threw them up on a tumbler and like these are science wands they demonstrate <laughs> you know one of the like divining rods well like you hit people <laughs> with it and that's well, there's science for you you should uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe another side business would be employment wands that people can use and <laughs> use them to walk to job interviews with. There you go. Yeah. Perhaps you can you can We're use them. For those. Perhaps then transform so that into a dissatisfaction yeah. wand. If yeah, the, yeah. If the um, goes badly. Yeah, that's. I guess I can plug that. So there, consider plug. So well, since we have no semblance of an idea of what the URL actually is, we'll put a link to it. On I think it's sciencewands at tumblr.com. I don't think it is. I just checked that. Really, what is I hate it? to break it to you, but... I told you I wasn't sure. <laughs> this is embarrassing, even for me. <laughs> I was completely upfront about the fact that I could not remember that. <laughs> um, and we already mentioned the show, June 29th. Um, if you're not in Burbank enjoying Lizzie at Flappers, mm. if you happen to be hanging out downtown... Oh, no, it's hittingthings.tumblr.com. There you go. <laughs> hittingthings.tumblr.com. Please check that out. Um, and also, yeah, if you uh, if you want to see me do some music, and if you want to see Libby as part of the playing playing some drums, yeah, uh, and yeah, so you all you shaky town purists, you hardcore fans should come see two of us up there playing music. Bob will be in attendance, I believe. Yes, he'll be. What day is it? And I think I'll be, I'll be playing Bob's drum set. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be playing your drums. What time does it start? Nine o'clock. Nine sure. o'clock. Okay. What time, what are time you guys the going? Flapper show start? Are you guys gonna start at nine o'clock or or? I'm gonna tell everybody we're starting sharply at nine because they won't show up at t- in time, and then when they actually wander in, then we'll be starting. Then we should okay. start like right in the middle of a song so that people will be like, "Ah, that's our set. Thanks, you guys." <laughs> I think my show is at seven thirty. Cool. So uh, you can you can. So do what both? we need to do is yeah. plan. Little bus trip. Yeah. <laughs> Starts in Burbank. It goes downtown. Hire, hire like a fan helicopter to, yeah. to like pick everybody up from Lizzie's show and bring bring everybody. Oh, and that show. reminds me, we need donations to fund the helicopter. The helicopter. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so please donate. Hit the PayPal button on uh, shakytownradio.com. Or unless you have a helicopter. Oh yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Or just, yeah. Just yeah. donate a helicopter. Yeah, I think that was you know that's the one thing. I could buy Hawaiian shirts, but I don't have I don't have a TC with a helicopter. That's got a sweet mustache. I've got a nice car. I could buy Hawaiian shirts. It's the last thing. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And I'm excited to uh, see your flapper show and then rush with my drumsticks. To and this I, I suspect that we will hear um, Lizzie on upcoming podcasts in some form or another. Yes. That would be awesome. More on that next week. More on. More about that next week. More morons. Morons. Cool. Check ass. Are we taking this out? Yeah, we are taking this out. Libby, you've been steering the ship. Oh, now you gotta bring it into harbor. Okay. Like the or or what's the train equivalent of that? Somebody back into into the moon yard. Station. Yeah. Where, where we can all just spin around. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for listening to Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm Libby Ward. I am Gene George. Still Bob Schreiner. BFH. I'm, I'm Lizzie Pilcher. <gasps> it's, what do I do? It's your big moment. Oh, I, I don't know what to say. Good night or good evening or... Oh, fuck. Goodbye. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at, at @shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com/shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio@gmail.com at or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-shake. That's 667-4253. That's the same number.